The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Uh, we are in our parable series. We have a parable today that's actually, it's uh, just a disclaimer. Can I just come out and tell you right now? It's pretty heavy. It's kind of heavy one. Uh, sometimes those are good though. So you picked a good day to come. Good parable, kind of heavy message. I, I want you to know that, but let's pray first and then we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Father, thank you for who you are, for what you do, and for the way that you do it. You're so merciful and good to us. You're so kind, and we just thank you. We ask now as you speak to us through your Holy Spirit, let us not just hear, let us understand and apply uh, what, what you have to speak to us this morning. We give you all the glory, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Today, we are going to talk about a wedding. And I know for some of you, this is like the most exciting thing ever, your weddings, you love weddings, love going to weddings, you liked your wedding. Um, For some of you, you're like, I could take it or leave it, weddings aren't my thing, kind of boring. Um, This wedding doesn't take place here on earth, though. This is a wedding, regardless of your personal feeling towards them, this is a wedding that you want to be at. This is a wedding that will happen at some point, and when it does, it's going to be big. It's going to be the biggest wedding of, of the year, far beyond the Kardashians. It's going to be a big, big wedding. Um, and it's going to be the wedding between a king who's a groom and his bride. And it's going to be for eternity. And it's, it's going to be a great feast. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be something you want to be at. And it's going to be the one between Jesus and his church, his people, those who have faith in him. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus knew this. And so he spoke this parable in Matthew chapter 25, which is where we're going to land. But first I want to talk to you about this feast, this wedding feast, just a little bit. It's in Revelation chapter 19. And so that's where we'll start first. Revelation chapter 19, verses seven through nine. It says, let us, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory For the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Yeah, that's the key point. Gotta be ready for this wedding. Not sure when it's coming, but you need to be ready whenever it happens. So his bride has made herself ready. She is clothed in fine linens, bright and clean. And they were given to her to wear. It's tough to interpret Revelation, but probably what this means is, um, you know how like, the things you do on this earth will echo in eternity, according to Gladiator. Um, that happens as well in heaven. And the fine linens, these beautiful gatherings, are the righteous acts that one does. And we get to adorn ourselves with those for our, for our king, for our groom. And just like if you have been married and a bride takes a lot of time and effort to make sure she looks absolutely perfect on that day, that's how we make ourselves look beautiful for our groom. And so I think that's really pretty cool. Uh, verse nine, and the angel said to me, write this down, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. It is blessed to be at this wedding. And he added, these are the true words of God. You can take it to the bank. This is a wedding you wanna be at. This is a wedding you do not wanna miss. And the only thing you got to make sure to, to be at this wedding is you've got to be ready for it whenever it comes. There was no save the date sent out for this wedding. Okay, we didn't, we didn't get one of those in the mail. Now, you can RSVP for whenever it is. But the groom, he decides when the wedding starts. And I know that's weird to us because it's the bride who makes all the decisions now, right? I mean, the, the bride makes all the decisions. But 
in the first century in, in Palestine, uh, the way weddings worked is they began literally when the groom came and knocked on the door and got his bride and they went to the chapel to get married. Uh, it started on his cue. And so this parable that Jesus tells his listeners follows the pattern of how they would have seen wedding ceremonies as well. And there's a lot of truth in it. So if you will, Matthew chapter 25, verses one through five. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins, okay, that simply just means young girls, unmarried, okay, 10 virgins who took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. There's a 10-person wedding party, okay, and their job was to wait for the groom to come out and then usher him to the bride so the wedding could start. Now, they had lamps for a couple reasons. One, it was customary. Two, the party after the wedding would last for days, so they basically came prepared, bring your own lamp, is how they had to arrive for the reception. So you have 10 people in the bridal party waiting for the groom to come out and go. Five of them, verse two says, were foolish and five were wise. The 10 young girls, they represent humanity. The numbers are irrelevant. This isn't like half are gonna get in, half are out. That's not what that means. But five were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they didn't take any oil with them. That is foolish. Okay, they didn't take any oil for their lamps, so therefore their lamps were not able to function. The wise ones, however, they took oil in jars. They took a bunch of oil along with their lamps so that they could be part of the party. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all, all 10 of them, became drowsy, and they fell asleep. What's taking this guy so long? We've been sitting out here all day. I'm getting tired. We'll go to sleep, but when he comes, I guess we'll wake up. Five were wise, five were foolish. The only differentiating factor is that the wise ones had oil. We need to figure out what this oil is, but before we do that, if you've connected the dots, this groom that's coming is Jesus, and when the girls fell asleep, they, they represent us. And the girls fell asleep because the groom was just taking so dang long. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but sometimes I just go, Jesus, what are you waiting for? I, go, I mean, what, what are you waiting? This world is crumbling. Like, just come back. Come on, just let's, let's be done with this. Those are typically on bad days, and there's some days where I'm like, just give me another one. But um, have you ever wondered why? What is, what is taking so long? The Bible actually tells us, 2 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. It says, don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is just like a day. That's kind of fun math, but don't really try to apply that. The Lord is not slow. He's not being slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's being patient with you because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Why don't the clouds part and Jesus come back right now? Why didn't it happen in 1986 when that guy figured it out? Why, why didn't it happen in Y2K? Why, why is he not doing this? Because there's still some that aren't ready. Because there's some people out there that don't have any oil yet. And so he's being patient, hoping that maybe they'll get some oil. 
But there's a promise that he's coming back at some point. It may be today, maybe 10,000 years from now. I don't know. No one knows. But in the meantime, we just got to make sure we're ready. Got to make sure we got some oil. Because at some point he will return. Verse 6, Matthew 25. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Get up, come out to meet him. Why in the world would he pick midnight? What in the world has he been doing? Midnight is the most unexpected time to start a wedding. And this is a parable to try and teach us something. And I think one of the biggest lessons to learn is that the Lord's return is going to happen, but it will most likely come at a very unexpected time. If someone tells you they know when, I can pretty much tell you they don't know when. And the reason I can tell you that is because Jesus himself said, I don't know when. That's for the Father alone. So if anyone tells you they know, they they don't know. (laughs) But with a loud cry, it all began. The festivities began with a loud shout. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. The Father saying, Go! It's time. With a loud command, there'll be some more stuff that happens. The voice of an archangel will sound, and there'll be a trumpet of God. That's going to be big. First time Jesus arrives in a manger. No fanfare, a couple sheep and a donkey. This time, trumpets, angels, Heaven's ripping apart. You're not going to be able to miss it. You're not going to be able to avoid it. All you can do is be ready for it. Back in Matthew chapter 25, verses 7 through 9, then all the virgins woke up because there was a loud sound, and they trimmed their lamps. We don't have a lot of oil lamps in our homes anymore, okay? But if those of you that do, in order to light it, you cut off a little bit of the wick, right? Trim it up. Make sure it's touching the oil, lighter up, put the jar on. It's highly functional if you trim it well. They woke up and they all start getting their lamps ready. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil. Hey, psst, Tina, I didn't bring any oil. I'm just realizing how stupid I look. Give me some of your tots, Napoleon. Like I'm... I'm, go watch it if you haven't seen it. That's, that's all I can think of when I, when I picture this. The, they want the oil. Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going to go out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, you need to go to the store that sells the oil and buy some for yourself. And you go to the oil store that's probably not open at midnight. Because see, what you did is you got caught off guard. And you woke up real quick and you made your lamp look good. But then you realized, oh no, I'm missing the key component. I've been in ministry a while and um, I've heard a lot of talks about making sure you're ready. Okay, I've heard, that a, I've heard a lot of these messages. And it's not the cry, it's not the trumpet sound, but think of it like a warning, 
Right? It's, it's an alarm saying, hey, the trumpet may sound. Unfortunately, what a lot of people do when they get that alarm, when they get that warning, what a lot of people do is they try to clean up their life. Well, I'm going to stop doing this because, you know, I need to be ready, and I'm going to start doing this because, you know, I need to be ready. And that is just as foolish as trimming a lamp that has no oil. We're polishing something that is ineffective. You see, there's this misconception that we got to be perfect before God, but that's not the case at all. He cares very, very, very little about the outside and very, 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 very much about the end. What's inside matters so much more. Is there oil or is there not? You can have the prettiest lamp in the world. It's a form of godliness, but without the power. So whatever you do today, I want everyone in here to be ready, but I want you to know that the way you get ready is through faith. It is not by cleaning up your act. That's not the key. That's not the point of this parable. I want to read verses 8 and 9 again. The foolish one said to the wise one, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going to go out. No, they replied. Are they being selfish? Are they being unevangelistic? No. No, that's not the point of this parable at all. They're not being selfish. They're not being unevangelistic. There may not be enough for both of us. Instead, you need to go get your own. Jesus is trying to teach the principle that is universal, that faith cannot be borrowed. Faith cannot be applied by someone else. As parents, oh, I wish beyond imagining that that could be the case, that my faith could be sufficient for my children or grandchildren, but it can't. My prayers for the lost are wonderful and should be asked and given without stopping but they are not sufficient to provide oil. That is on the individual person to have their own, their own faith, their own oil. You can have a pretty lamp, but without the oil, you're not ready. I think praying, hoping, trusting, rejoicing, growing, believing, living in obedience, those are all outward signs of an inward faith. So they need to be present, okay? They need to be present, but they're present because of an inward faith. You have to be ready. Verses 10 through 12. But while they were on their way to buy oil, last ditch effort, right? If we run fast enough, maybe we can go get some. Now that we know our mistake, maybe we can go fix it. We can get some oil, and it might still be good. While they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready, ready, they went with him to the wedding banquet. And upon their arrival, the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. We got some oil. I know, man, we made a mistake. We, I wish we could take it back, but we got oil now. It was just crazy. Kmart was still open. Like, we got some oil, and we're back, and, and can you open up the door now? Because we're ready. We, we weren't, but now we are, because we see that we should have been. But, but now we're, it's good. Can you please open the door? But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. 
told you this is heavy. I tried to warn you. You see, I want so desperately for God to be a universalist. Meaning, in the end, everybody gets in. No matter what, he did love wins, whatever you want to call it. I want that so badly. But I'm just going to be honest with you. That is not true. That is not how this is going to go down. There will be some who are left out. Those without oil. Even if they run and try and grab it and realize their mistake. I don't know you. You had a form of religion. You were part of the group. You knew some Bible verses. You served homeless people that one Thanksgiving. You were a good person. But there was no faith on the inside. The, the only thing you needed was the only thing you didn't have. You weren't ready. I waited as long as I could. I came at the most obscure hour, hoping you would have time to go to the store and get the oil. I tried. I was patient. But you can't borrow it. And you can't go get it after this moment. You had to be ready. Verse 13 finishes it up. Therefore, because you need to be ready, keep watch. That means be awake. Be awake. Be aware of your need to be ready. Be aware of the fact that this could happen at any moment. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. It could happen right now. Didn't work in the first service either. happen right now. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen a million years from now. I don't know when. But I know this. Better have enough oil to wait. Because you're not going to have time when it happens to go get any. Are you ready Are you ready? I really do believe, church, that everyone in this room is capable of answering that question. Honestly. You are capable of answering that. Are you ready? You're like, oh, I don't, how do I know for sure? Do you believe? Do you have faith that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? Do you believe? Well, my, my faith needs to have works and it needs to be shown and I'm just, I'm kind of messed up. And I Do you believe? It starts there. If you do, you're ready. I'm going to quote a preacher who said the most ignorant line I've ever heard in my life. 
He was a fear monger. He was an absolute tool. And the line I'm about to quote, he said just to scare teenagers into giving their life to Christ. In front of hundreds of very impressionable teenagers, this preacher said, if you are 99% sure you're going to heaven, you're 100% going to hell. Let that sink in for a second. And then picture yourself as a 13-year-old hearing that line. People were sprinting down the aisle to get saved. You had people that got saved the night before getting saved again. Uh, I mean, I was, I was like at a solid 95%, but you just you told me I'm going to hell. And I'm not 100% sure. I have a small doubt. Can I, can I tell you, there are going to be moments where you wonder, where you doubt. Okay? The thing you can be 100% sure of is that faith is all you need. Okay, that's the one thing you can be 100% sure of. You don't need to add anything else to the gospel. It is sufficient for salvation, even of you and me and the whole world. You can be 100% sure of that. And knowing that truth, I think you can answer the question, are you ready? And my hope and my prayer is that everyone in this room by the end of this morning will be able to definitively say, yes, I am ready. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I'm ready. See, Jesus came the first time. Have you ever thought about it this way? He came the first time to get engaged. He put a ring on it. He did. Left the Holy Spirit is a sign of the promise for him to return. The Lord of the universe came to earth 2,000 years ago to marry you. He chose you. He picked you in all of your sinfulness, in all of your horrible thoughts and behaviors, all of your brokenness. He picked you. He said, I want you. I'm going to go away, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get you, and you're going to be my bride forever. The first thing we're going to do is have a wicked awesome feast. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to spend eternity with you, my bride. And as Ephesians 5 says, for right now I'm just washing you in the water of the word. I'm purifying you. I'm making you this beautiful bride that I want you to be, the bride that I chose. He chose you. And he says, I just need you to be ready. I need you to be ready when I come back for the wedding. I was talking to a young couple in the lobby before the first service. They're getting married in 49 days. I thought it was comical, but I asked them truly. I was like, so are you ready? Are you ready? And her answer was like, I've been ready for months. <laughs> we just need to get this thing going. For those of you who've been married, you understand that process. As long as Jesus is chilling up there, you have time to get ready. But when he comes back and says, it's go time, it's wedding, the clock stops. So as the band comes back up here, church, I'm just going to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? And here's the beautiful part. If you're sitting here going, no, nah, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. 
then today you can change that. Don't have to go clean up a bunch of stuff. Don't, go have, to, don't have to go recite a bunch of prayers. Don't have to go, just, you just have to say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I want you. You chose me and I want to choose you. I want to be your bride. I'm going to be standing over there and there's going to be some other pastors and some people standing on both sides of this room. Um, if, if you're not ready and you would like to be ready, then I would love, I personally would love to talk to you. And unlike the fear monger that tried to scare a bunch of kids into wanting Jesus, I don't want, this, I don't want to scare you at all. I just want to inform you of what it takes to be ready and let you decide for yourself whether or not you are. And if you're not, you don't need to run down the aisle, okay? If you want to, you can, but you don't need to. Um, I want you to think of it like a bride walking down the aisle on the wedding day, dignified, wanting it to take a moment or two, letting people see. I choose him. That's my man. And we'll talk and we'll pray. And I, I believe the gospel's true. I believe the thing, then you'll be ready. But if you're not already, don't leave here without at least wrestling really hard. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. This is nothing to be embarrassed about. There's a king that's a groom that loves you and wants to spend eternity with you so much that he was willing to give his life for you. That's worth walking 10 yards. Father, help us to be ready. Help us to be ready to have hearts full of faith, to be people of faith, to be your children. Come and move, Holy Spirit. Convict, call, love all those in this room who need you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and let's respond to him.